It was the best of times. It was the blurst of times. <laughs> no one's going to stop Ryan Murphy. <laughs> no one can stop him. He's just printing money with these weird, weird musicals. It's the end of the year. I think I've spent too much time in this year, the year of our Lord 2020, defending James Corden. (laughs) I even defended his role as Buster for Jones the Cat in the masterwork Cats. Why has this come up? Because we have watched... One of the most heinous movies we've ever watched. I'm just gonna spoiler alert, we didn't like it. We're we're back here on New Year's for you, uh, and because of our our deep grudge against Ryan Murphy. <laughs> and our self-sabotaging ways. You know when you watch something that you know you're gonna hate? We did that. We did that and we did it on purpose. I think I came into the kitchen and you said, I read a review for the prom and I said, so did I. And both reviews were terrible. And a (laughs) night later we watched it. (laughs) Ryan Glee Murphy, what have you done? (laughs) Dear Lord, Ryan. What a sad little life. Now the prom was actually a Broadway musical on stage that real people stood on the stage and performed to an audience of people. Because, <laughs> because before this year, there were these things called theatres. <laughs> and you could go in and there'd be other people there. Just like, breathing. Right beside you. Breathing into the room. Behind you. I've gone to the theatre sick before. I must have infected other people. <laughs> Back when we didn't think about these Back things. Back when we didn't think about the theatres being closed for the plague, like in the <laughs> Renaissance. <laughs> you know what? The Globe would have been a very good place, because it's... Oh no, well, it wasn't a respiratory illness, was it? The bubonic plague, it's a flea-based one. Anyway, plagues aside, it's a new year, we can forget about the plague. That's over instantly. <laughs> the thing about the year, New Year's is... An, I'll get off this high horse in a second. Is it? It just... It's a completely fresh slate. It doesn't matter what happened the next year. 2021's gonna be my year, everyone will say. Just like everyone said, 2020, that sounds like a cool year. That's gonna be my year. It's gonna be my year, 2020. <sighs> and then we watched The Prom. And then we watched The Prom. And it sucked... So it was a musical, and then it was adapted by Ryan Lee Murphy. You, you can... T- there we go. Yeah. What's it about, Shannon? Uh, it's about... Well, it's sort of about two things. On a very basic level, it's about some Broadway stars who have had some bad press recently because they're narcissists, um, and they want to find a cause uh, to make themselves look good. And then on the other hand, it's about that cause, and that's uh, a lesbian in... What is the state she's in? Indiana. Indiana. uh, Who wants to go to the prom with her girlfriend. And the PTA responds by canceling the prom. So the the Broadway stars, like, descend on this city to help, question mark. And great news, the prom gets uncancelled instantly. Yeah, it's very quick. And then they hold the prom... 
but in a secret location, and they don't tell Emma? The lesbian. lesbian Emma. And she shows up at the high school gymnasium, and there's no one there, and it's it's very, very sad. She breaks up with her girlfriend. Her girlfriend is the closeted cheerleader daughter of the head of the PTA. Yeah. And is the victim of this movie. She gets dumped after having a monologue about how she can't come out because her mum is a raging homophobe and she has to be perfect because her mum blames her lack of perfection on her dad leaving. Mm-hmm. At which Emma then immediately chases up with, I'm dumping you. I'm dumping you for not being brave. It's not what she says, but it's implied. <laughs> it's implied that the girlfriend is somehow in the wrong for feeling uncomfortable coming out to her very obviously homophobic mother. And that's a level of shaming that just feels wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Like, leave her alone. (laughs) It's never really resolved like Emma never apologizes to her. It's on the girlfriend to apologize by publicly coming out. Yeah, which is a very risky move that, like, randomly seems to pay off for her. The mother's like, I love you and accept you, but we're going to talk about this when we get home. And that's just glossed over. Yeah. And then they have a big dance number, and it's fine, apparently. Yes, because it's resolved by Emma deciding to uh, do things her own way without the celebrity's help and go on YouTube, sing a song about being gay. Five other gays across the country listen to her and are like, I'm inspired by you. The celebrities pay for the prom. She makes a prom. She builds a prom she for everyone. <laughs> she builds it with bricks. That's a lyric from the build a prom. No one builds a prom. You hold a prom. You throw a prom. Yeah, but they built it. They built it. I don't know why that bothered me so much. They Also, there's this whole bit where she's like, I'm going to do it my way. I don't need you celebrities doing things with your money because they like get her a spot on television. And she says no. But then immediately takes their money to throw an incredibly ritzy prom. <laughs> it was much more expensive to throw than my prom For like was. like 50 kids, it's not that busy of a haul. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there are some teens in the town who are homophobic that are immediately convinced not to be homophobic and turn good. Because Andrew Reynolds sings a song for them. Yes. Yes, that's a good point. Let's talk about the celebrities. <laughs> And their whole deals. So Andrew Reynolds plays uh, someone who's been in a couple, I I get the sense of their off-Broadway productions, and he's, like, bartending to make ends meet. Um, I don't know any of these characters' names, and I don't care. He's called Trent. Um, James Corden. Oh, James. James is playing, you know, Cam from Modern Family? He's playing singing Cam. Yeah. And it's awful. He's terrible. It's and it's homophobic. It really is. It's, and that's on James Corden, but it's also on Ryan Murphy for writing it. And like watching it happen and doing nothing. Like you <laughs> you directed this shit, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of people are complicit in whatever happened there. <laughs> yes. And, and and so many bad things that like first of all, he's just like every gay male stereotype ever. Yeah. But, like, there's a really cursed part of his plot where, like, he, um, he left, uh, middle America when he was a teen because his parents were going to make him go to conversion therapy, very, very evil, so he left before that could happen. Mm-hmm. And he cut off all, com- all contact with his parents, fair enough, mm-hmm. fair enough, and then Meryl Streep, by the way, Meryl Streep's in this, we'll talk about her. <laughs> We'll get to her. (laughs) (laughs) 
calls his mum for him without his consent and is like, you need to confront your past. Your problem is that you're not talking to your violently homophobic parents. But then it works out. It works out. And then his mother shows up and apologizes to him and he's like, his dad here? And she's like, no, he's just not ready. And it's been full on decades. And he's like, oh, well, that's fine then. And then they, they make up and she goes to the prom. The gay prom that they have at the end that they build. Um, yeah. And I'm not saying that people don't, like, over time change their minds on these issues. My my problem is the the calling of the mum without his consent. Yeah. That could have gone super south. And inviting her there. Meryl Streep just goes, I called her. And here she is. <laughs> like, no. Now... And now there's a certain type... Now I need to tread carefully with my words here. There's a certain type of person who thinks that all Meryl Streep does is golden and every movie she's in is amazing. I think that Meryl Streep is probably a great person and a lot of the stuff she's been in I think is very good. We're also forgetting that she was in Mamma Mia, which everyone knows is a terrible movie. Everyone knows. Everyone... No, you can't find anyone who disagrees with that and uh, and she's in this and and she detracts from it as everyone in this movie detract, detracts from it I don't yeah <laughs> yeah she's yikes she plays like a she's a leading lady who keeps getting bad reviews and her thing is that she's a narcissist and she's learning to be nice by falling in love with the high school principal, played by Keegan Michael Key, um, who then just tells her, "Be nice," and she's like, "All right." Yeah, it's so simple. <laughs> like he takes her on a date to Applebee's, and she's like, "Oh, uh, people keep on telling me I'm a narcissist. Maybe I should just quit." And he sings like a ten-minute-long song about the, how the theater is great. He's like. I go to the theatre and I look at the actors and I'm inspired by the actors. You're an actor. I'm inspired by the theatre and you. Why did that movie age me 50 years? (laughs) Who else have we got? There's a fourth character. There's a fourth character. And it's bizarre. It's Nicole Kidman. Always a welcome presence. Usually. But what is she doing in this? What is her character? She just shows up. Now, when I read the synopsis of the musical, she has backstory in which she's spent 20 years in the chorus of the musical Chicago. She wants to be put on as Roxy, uh, but she's never been chosen. She's just in the chorus of Chicago for 20 years, which is wild. Yeah. And she doesn't do anything. She just appears and she's with them. And then she sings, like, budget, all that jazz. Yeah. And teaches the lesbian teen to do jazz hands. Yeah. Give it some razz. Zazz. Zazz. See? Yeah. See? How soon we forget the lyrics of any of the musical songs. And she doesn't really have an arc. Just at the end, she gets a call that the person who was playing Roxy is out sick and she's got... She's on, like, the next day. Yeah. She doesn't have any arc. She doesn't do anything. There's no point to her. And Andrew Reynolds' character becomes the drama teacher for the high school. And um, he seems to have a magical power of just instantly making homophobes not 
Yeah. <laughs> homophobic by, anymore. By singing verses from the Bible at them. He also is the main singer in the Monster Truck Rally, where they're trying to convince the people of Indiana who like monster trucks to also like gay people. Um, but we never reach the end of this song because it does half of the songs in this musical stop halfway through. They just stop. It just hard cuts to another scene away from the song without the the song is clearly not finished. Yeah, it can be like mid bridge and it'll just stop. <laughs> <laughs> like the two the two um, girls are like having a romantic song in the gym mm-hmm. and they're in the middle of saying a line and then some cheerleaders see them and were like, oh, they're going to do something evil. But the song just stops and we never see what the cheerleaders did and... Uh... It's... It's not a good musical. I don't know. Maybe on stage it's different, but all you said all the songs are the same. And the plot is the same. So... And I think there's some major hurdles in the plot that are just bad. It it does feel... A, like, I know that Ryan Murphy didn't come up with this whole story from his brain, but it feels like he did. Yeah. What? Where does Ryan Murphy get off? Like, <laughs> what does... Ryan Murphy, he makes... He, he tries to... He takes franchises and tries to, like, for lack of a better word, camp them up, but he does it in, like, was actually a pretty homophobic way. Yeah. Or he'll do stuff like, I've not watched Ratchet. But he's like, okay, I'll take one flew, one flew over the cuckoo's nest and make it a bit lesbian. And make the nurse, like, a woke queen who likes lobotomies. <laughs> and I'm not kidding, that's what he's... Like, where does he get off? <laughs> Do you remember Glee? Remember Glee? <laughs> Do you remember it? I remember Glee. <laughs> We'll never be allowed to forget Glee as long as Ryan Murphy keeps on making things. <laughs> He's ma- there was a bit in this where Keegan Michael Key and Meryl Streep were talking, and both of them said lines from "Don't Stop Believing," and I just broke out into a cold sweat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was one bit where, where the principal says, "I'm just a small town principal," and I immediately was like. Living in a lonely principle. Because <laughs> it's just... Because it's then, Ryan Murphy. And then immediately Meryl Streep says, I'm just a small town girl. Ha! Just, no! No! No, Ryan Murphy. <laughs> it's a miracle that like he had enough self-restraint not to like cast Darren Chris as like some sassy waiter in the town who's also gay and the lesbians inspire him to be out in the Applebee's. You know? know? No disrespect to Darren Chris. Like if that had happened in this movie I wouldn't even have raised my eyebrows. I'd have been like, yep. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> this tracks. And the thing is, is uh, no one's going to stop Ryan Murphy. <laughs> no one can stop him. <laughs> He's just printing money with these weird, weird musicals. <laughs> also, okay, one of the nice things, one of the few nice things we said in our Glee episode was that clearly the people in Glee can actually sing. Yes. Now, the people who sing in this movie, many of them I've heard sing before. 
And they have fine voices. And yes. I'm sure all of the actors do, I've, but there are some I've never heard sing. But we're going to assume they can all sing. But the way they're singing is tuned in in after in in editing yeah. is bizarre. Yeah. They they all it's like it's been smoothed. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah, it's been smoothed and like I know this is a boring point but I mentioned it yesterday it weirded me out like there's no like sense of direction. There's no like voices being louder if they're like close to the camera or like going from a particular angle it all sounds everything's at the same level and it creates this effect where like it doesn't sound like the sounds are coming out of the characters mouths and something like glee the the songs are recorded in a studio in glee that's not unusual for a musical that's not what we mean we mean that not only have they recorded the sound in studio and put it over they've done something to the sound to make it sound just kind of like inhuman yeah <laughs> it's really weird. It's so difficult to describe. Um, people, you know, in musicals where they go from talking to singing kind of in the middle of a sentence, the switch between those two things is so jarring because they immediately jump volume. There's no escalation into anything. Yeah. Everything is the same level. There's no, like, rasp or gravel on anyone's voice. Yes. And then the the songs don't come when, when you want them to come because there's no point to any of the songs. And I said yesterday, this is, watching this, and I'm a musical fan, watching this is how I think people who don't like musicals and are weirded out by them must feel watching musicals. Like, oh, another song? Oh, everyone's singing? Oh, they're <laughs> dancing now? Okay. Every song conveys exactly one point. And it just conveys it over and over and over again. Like, the songs don't move the plot from one spot to another. They don't develop character. They just tell you one thing for the length of a song. Which is why I think they can cut songs in half and it does nothing to the plot. Yeah. They can just hard cut away from a song in the middle and it doesn't make the story incoherent because the songs aren't part of the plot. The plot just stops for the song to happen to reiterate what the plot just did. There's one song which I, I think tries to further the plot but is just weird where um, Meryl Streep goes to see the principal to try and prove to him that she is a good person after all and he's like, you're nothing like you were when you were playing this character that I saw on the stage and she's like, well, that's because I'm a person. <laughs> I don't know to tell you. And then um, she's like, you know what? I'm just going to sing the song that you saw. So she sings the song from the musical that she was in in the past. And The Ladies Improving, I think it was called. Yeah. Don't ask me why I remembered that. It just came out my head. <laughs> and um, I think he, but that is weird. That's a weird one. Because all of the teens start dancing. Yeah, so it's unclear which songs in the musical are, like, songs that are a character is singing within the world and other people hear as a song. Yeah. Which that one seems to be. The, the principal seems to be hearing it as though she is actually just singing at him. But there's a bunch of teens in a computer lab right beside his office who seem to experience it as the type of song in a musical that's just conveying a plot point. Yeah, because they know all the choreography to it. Yeah. 
Except for a couple of the people in the computer lab who are just still working on their computers ignoring what's happening. <laughs> Which for some reason makes it more confusing. Um, and all of the songs are a bit like that, and I think the reason it's so difficult to determine what is like a we're conveying the plot song and what is a someone is actually singing in the world of the story yeah. is because none of the songs convey anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they'll be like... There'll be a scene where they're saying with their words, we're going to co-op this course. And then the, the song is, we're going to co-op to course. <laughs> There'll be a scene in the corridor of the school where someone's mean to the lesbian. And then the song will be like, it's hard to be a lesbian in school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... I don't think you could be beat over the head with a point more than this <laughs> musical does. Because even within the songs... There's no escalation from verse to verse. Nothing changes. They just repeat the same emotion or plot point or just end up right back where they started. There's a song that's just promposals of oh. characters we don't know and will never see again. Though those are the evil teens. No, a couple of them are the evil teens, but some of them are ones we don't see again oh, after no. that. <laughs> See, what it should be is like in the High School Musical, the status quo song, where you think you're going to never see the kids again, but then they, they pop up, and they're they like, up. like the creme brulee guy, yeah. or the nerd who likes to break dance. Yeah. Y- you get a bit more of a sense of, of plot in High School Musical, you I know? I can't believe I'm using <laughs> High School Musical as an example of a superior movie. <laughs> Shannon, did you think that the prom was cursed, blessed, or blessed? This was fully cursed. I I think Ryan Murphy should lose his privileges for a while <laughs> and think about what he's done. Think about Glee, Ryan. Elise, what do you think? I think the prom is the true American horror story. <laughs> <laughs> and it's cursed. And not only is it just shoddy... It's also harmful because it gives kids the impression that they should definitely come out at school even if their parents might be violently homophobic when that's not always the best thing for the kids to do in that particular moment. Not saying don't come out, but I feel like if I were a friend of the the girlfriend character, the cheerleader in this movie, I would maybe offer the advice, wait a bit. Wait until you're at a safe place. Like, yeah. I think it's it's sort of shaming teens who don't feel safe coming out or feel uncomfortable or want to wait until they're, like, away from home. Yeah. Because they're worried about what their parents will do. And those are, like, real tangible things that people are worried about. And I don't like that the movie treats the girlfriend's concerns as meaningless. Ryan Murphy thinks it's juicy when characters are outed. Yeah. He loves it. Yeah. It happens in Glee all the time. Yeah. There are so many closeted characters who get outed against their will, and then it's like, they, they're always just, like, glad of it in the end. They're like, yeah. oh, it actually is better this way. Yeah. No, not always. Not it's always. A, it's a huge violation to be outed. Yeah. Also, I think if your mum reacted in, like, a really, like, kind of negative way like she did in this musical, you wouldn't be, like super duper happy to go to the prom that evening. I think your your night might be ruined. Yeah. But whatever. Yeah, it's just... It's, it's, it's shaming. It's shaming of people who... who are having a hard time. Yeah. As though it's, like, not brave of people to be in the closet. It's not a cowardly thing. And this is... This is the, the true message to take into 2021. 
do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> Just do what you want. Don't let Ryan Murphy tell you what to do. <laughs> Don't listen to Ryan Murphy. Listen to us, your friends. Come out on your own time, in your own way. Ryan Murphy's got nothing to do with it. <laughs> Ryan Murphy better watch his step in 2021. <laughs> That's not a threat. I don't know where he lives. <laughs> Catch you on the flip side, folks. Happy New Year. <laughs> <laughs>